With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to Starfleet Universe On Call. I am Paul Franz, owner of Franz Games. I run SFB Online, Fedcom Online, and Starfleet Warlord. Just to remind how to join us, we have TalkCast every Thursday night starting at 9.30 p.m. Eastern Time. You can either call on the phone to style 605-562-0444. Just follow the directions. The call ID is 17702. Or you can participate on the web. Just go to the Talks website at www.talkshoe.com and search for call ID 17702 or SFU on call or Starfleet Universe on call. You will find us there. Also, if you want the best online experience, then I suggest you go over to twitch.tv. Yes, twitch.tv slash SFU on call. And you'll find us there. And you'll find the chat room, the best chat room in the world. And join us there and, and have fun chatting with them and listen to me and seeing my wonderful, beautiful face. And of course, if you need to contact me for any reason, my email address is sfuoncall at gmail.com. It's sfuoncall at gmail.com. Also, if you want to follow me on Twitter, my account there is sfuoncall. Also, a personal account called Paul Franz. And of course, my business account, which is Franz Games. F-R-A-N-Z-G-A-M-E-S, and there's no T in that. Same for my my uh, my personal account, Paul Franz. There's no T in Franz. Uh, don't ask. Um, and of course, this lovely podcast gets turned to a podcast available on iTunes and various other feeds around the net. Some quick news from ADB this week. Steve Patrick's still working hard on the Orion Master Starship book. Um, Steve Cole has been recovering from some kind of flu, RSV kind of thing. Um, he's doing doing better this week, you know, um, and it looks like they're going to get a little bit of snow, so they're going to be closed tomorrow. Tomorrow being Friday, January 5th, which is also my brother's birthday. Happy birthday, David. Um, I'm sure he's not actually watching this. I'm going to have to actually give him a call and say happy birthday. But anyway, I probably did it tomorrow. Oh, sorry, I got sidetracked there. I'm chasing rabbits. And this week on the found on the online store is the uncut card, an uncut card sheet for SFBF, Starfleet Battle Force. For only $34.95, you get a rare and limited edition uncut sheet of all 132 cards and incredible treasure to be framed and displayed in your rumpus room or man den or women den or, you know, your, 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 um, your gaming room, wherever you set that up. This item is shipped by post office. This, this is in a mailing tube. This is for U.S. United States only. If you order only an uncut sheet, the thirty-four ninety-five includes shipping. That's you know, as I said only if you're if you're ordering from within the U.S. Your invoice will show additional shipping charge, which will be refunded. The uncut sheet will be mailed separately from the rest of your order. If you order something else, the shipping services have added a surcharge for the tube, hence the high shipping cost, um, which is 
interesting by itself. But it sounds like a really cool item to have. Full un, one sheet of all the uncut cards, and this because those cards, if you ever seen Starfleet Battle Force, ever got seen a deck, those cards are absolutely beautiful. They they're they're really they're if you think about how old these cards are, it's like incredible how good a quality these are still all these are still good as of today as they were back then which is what 15 20 years ago at this point it's it's getting up there when it comes to how long this game has been in existence and how long these cards have stood the test of time moving onward and forward to the SLB online tournament yes Sapphire Star 16 tournament signups are now open for those of you who want to join in the latest and greatest Sapphire Star tournament, sign up. You know, it's the normal fee of, of $10. And, of course, if you win basically your first round game, you get that, that money refunded, actually. Um, Gene Sexton um, posted for, for everybody... Okay, the, the names of the people who currently have outstanding balances. Um, the, the, Gene said, the following people have credits toward their signups. Um, Peter Bakia, David Bitstoff, Ron, it says Ron, but it's, I know it's Ron, um, Brimmeyer, Jeffrey Clark, Graham Gridlin, or Cridlin, um, Josh Driscoll, Paul Franz, um, Jason Gray, Andrew Koch, um, Dana Madsen, Stephen McCann, John Wrigley, Bill Scheller, Seth Shemansky, Jack Taylor, and David Zimbars. Now, if we just have everyone those people sign up, we're right there. Hey, we've got a tournament. Um, I'm hoping to actually get in the tournament for this year. Or not this year, <laughs> for this time. Because I know there's the number of tournaments that run each year are around these days it's around two to three. Um, the the big question, of course, always is how quickly people can get their games in. But anyway, move, moving onward and forward, when it comes to online client, nothing got done on my week off. I was mainly spending time sleeping and catching up and just relaxing for for a bit. Sorry. Um, when it comes to library, um, that's one thing I could have gotten done. I should have gotten done for Frank, which is um, adding the updated ships. But sorry, I had not done that. So there's no changes in, in the SFB library or in the FedCom library. And that's one thing I have to actually do is I have to review the, the FedCom library and make sure there's nothing that is missing because uh, that's one thing that um, Chris Newsy got emailed from Stephen Cole about sorry not steven steve cole um sorry uh and make sure that that i have all the, all of the ships so with that that is the news for this week and it's me it's the one and only paul france welcoming you to start for the universe on call and tonight you got me you got Jeff. Hey, Jeff. Hey, everybody. And we have Doug. Say hey, Doug. Hi, Doug. Yeah. 
Okay. Ah, oh, good. Twitch is all set up so I can actually keep an eye on the chat room. That wonderful chat room that is on Twitch. And for those of you who only are on the podcast, you're missing out. So I'll, I'll agree that okay, some weeks it can be lame. There might be like one person there. But there are some weeks that are just that are just great. You have four or five people in there, which is which is always great to see, especially when they're talking about well, the things that are actually important, like me. <laughs> and uh, humility. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yep. Uh, the yeah, we, we we do have gamers coming up next month on the President's Weekend. So just a reminder of those people that are within driving distance of Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, that that's where we're going to be. So come and join us. Obviously, we're going to have, an, we'll have another um, of those reminders at the end of this podcast. But anyway, tonight is going to be a fun night for y'all. Sapphire Star 16 tournament is starting up. And as I, I announced as on the news section of this of the podcast, and, and yeah, that is there are many, 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 many people who have already um, paid for tournaments. And when they said, okay, well, you can get your $10 back, said, ah, you keep it. And so just let it let it let it roll for the for the next next tournament. And you know, I'm I'm one of those people of you know we just I'm just curious how many people at the moment. So one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen. So if every single person who has already kind of prepaid, quote unquote, um signed up. We have a tournament immediately, which would be quite cool. But some of these people, I don't think they're going to sign up immediately. Like um, Seth Shemansky, he might actually he'll probably join up pretty quick, pretty quickly. Um, not sure about Jason Gray or not. Uh, Graham um, Cridlin. Those are people that and Daniel, Daniel, sorry, Daniel, Daniel. Um, bits off. I think those are the people that might be a little slow in reacting. Because um, I have not sent out an email yet. I, I I will do my darnest to send out an email this week to remind people that the tournament is open. As of the, before this podcast, I made made it so that you actually could sign up Sapphire Star 16 tournament. So, with that in mind, I thought that um, a really neat idea hopefully get some discussion on this and I'm not sure how much from the from the audience peanut gallery um, are gonna be involved in this which is that choosing what tournamentship I'm gonna play in the tournament because I'm definitely gonna be signing up uh, normally I there's two tournamentships that I play uh, most of the time one of course is the Andromedan duh the other one that I like to play also is the Saltorian. 
There's a rent-a-wing. <laughs> yeah, the two extra galactics are the, are the two ships I like to fly. Surprise. I, the, the, the one thing that really I always enjoy about the um, Taltorians is mainly the PCs. I like I like the PCs. I like that you can that they're using they use a a leaky capacitor, and that allows you to choose whether you want to fire overloaded or not dynamically. Now, obviously, the one thing there is an advantage which I've I I'm not I might have fought, I might have taken advantage once. But I have a hard time really remembering the time I actually did. But I think I did do once, which is obviously the PCs, you actually can fire twice in one turn, given a 12 impulse um, delay between firings. But that's a that's a rare situation that I I never think of the PC as a two, uh, you know, the, the firing the weapon twice in one turn. Because usually I fire once, and then if I have leftovers in my capacitor, I, I save that for maybe the next turn. Because most of the time, um, you know, that, that's the way weapons are dealt with. They, they're fired once, and then you don't have to worry about them firing again. Obviously, you know, given an, a, a choice, a tactical situation, I probably would second, I would fire the second time, assuming also that I had the power, because sometimes I charge the capacitor so that I can fire an overloaded capacitor, you know, I can fire an overloaded, but after that it's drained, which means after that I have to make sure I have reserve power. Normally if I fire overloads, what does, does that mean? I get within range 8. If I get within range 8, that means I'm going to probably get return fire from my opponent, which means I'll probably be using reserve power either to have the ability to hit if I put myself in really a bad situation, or two, reinforcement. So most of the time, I won't have that the, the reserve power available to me to fire. So that, that being said, you know, obviously I like drums because I've always loved Andromeda. So. But I figured... This time around, what the heck? Let's try something different. There obviously are multiple ships that can be played. The Jind and believe it or not, the Jindarian is available. As bad as it is, the Jindarian is available. I tell you what, why don't you review the the offerings that are available that are not on the standard front of the mill? tournament what, what's available for play test since you brought the jindarian um well the jindarian actually is not play test anymore it's a, this is a rated ace tournament so it's not it's not gonna have any play test ships but there are some you know that the jindarian was one of the ones that was i was gonna say ratified brought into the to the rated ace tournament it's it's been um what is it called i i know it's not ratified that's that's like a that's a um that's a a law authorized um, certified sort of okay let's say certified that's a, that's so not the exact term but um made it basically made official you know it's officially part of the rated ace tournament um the jarring is one they actually did modify 
the Fed. They did add they did add a um, a GRAC to the Fed for those of you who for the longest period of time were bemoaning, oh, the, the Fed needs a, a, a GRAC. The Fed needs a GRAC. The Fed needs a GRAC. Uh, you got it. So I always have to remember how that's loaded per chance. I think it's like half. Um, I, think, I think it's weird. I think you get three spaces of drones and two ADVs and you can swap one type four. It's, it's not like anybody else right right well it's actually one of the only ones that only has well short of yes uh, no don't do that sorry the local zindi is is getting in the way hey move yeah you can you can you can stay on this side of me so i can stay near okay okay what is it yes i love you Man to Ben Wars, part <laughs> 7,618. <laughs> yeah, okay. Are you, are you ready yet? Stop getting your tail in my face. I believe the kitty is ready for its close-up right now. <laughs> close-up of his butt. Um, <laughs> it is a cat. That is true. Yes. I love you, too. Um. Crap. Yeah, um, yeah. Obviously, the thing is, the Fed has the only one short of like one of the winds, or possibly an Orion that has like a single drone rack. You know, and of course, it's the only one that will have G rack, which is very unique by itself because it, the G rack is one of the few drone racks that is can launch regular drones. I mean, normal sized regular drones, not dogfight drones, and Launch um, ad rounds. Okay, Kitty, I love you. You're very cute. Goodbye. <laughs> yeah, Doug, it was nice seeing your kitty, and he was very, very happy. Um, he is sitting right here being quiet. <laughs> No big surprise there, but um, yeah. Uh, actually, that's my, that sounds like a good idea. What I might do is try. If I could dispel, I'd be doing much better. So let's go with this one. We'll do just fine. Okay. Um, bum, bum, bum. Okay, what I'm going to do, which is I'm going to um, bring on the screen the different tournament ships just to give people an idea of what is available. Obviously, the Federation tournament cruiser with the four photons and quite a few um, um, phaser ones. Standard ship. Obviously, the big issue there with, with flying the ship is just the amount of power that those photons can actually draw. Um, it's definitely a heavy power user, just like the, the Saltorian and the Lyran can also be heavy power users. But, you know, this 
the Federation doesn't have um, 40 points of power either. Like the Laren does. So, uh, if I call it correctly, it's got 38. Um, 30, and 4, and... Yeah, I got it right. 38, because it's got 4 AWR. And 4, four Impulse, and of course, 30 power. <laughs> Turn mode D, so... Not a bad ship, you know. Um, the Chevrolet of turning ships. Yes, yes. Um, obviously, being a photon torpedo, you want to get in at the very least, in my mind, range, <coughs> range four. And, uh, but I think Bill said it best, which is you want to get the range two, one out, one out of five to hit. Getting range two, though, it can be tricky. So, big surprise. And there's some other ship combinations out there that can really punish you to get to range two. Oh yeah, like the hydrant. Yeah. There, sorry. First of the finesse boats, the Klingon. Yep, next one is the Klingon. The classic. Uh, the classic match to the Federation. The V7 versus the CC. Yep. And of course, then you have the... I, I feel like it's a pretty classic lineup matchup, which is the Klingon versus the Zinni. Yep. Because you got... Um, you have two scatter packs, and then you have the Klingon with an, with an ad rack, so you can actually use it to some avail compared to most, a lot of matchups where the ad rack is kind of useless, except for as a uh, protective... Two scatter packs. I thought just the, I just thought that they, I thought they had one each. Yeah, they had one each. Oh, I mean, okay. that, that's, what, that's what I meant, is that there are, two, there are possibly two scatter packs on the board. Okay. You know, and obviously, the you have the, the two different sides of the of the of the matchup you've got heavy weapon sorry direct fire weapon heavy klingon ship and for when it comes to longer range for a klingon ship and then you've got more um seeking weapons in the zinni and closer range um um direct fire weapon more more closer range direct fire weapons which is so when it comes to knife fights, the Klingons got the got got the um, the turn mode saber dance, but if you get close range with the Zenti, they can they can do a pretty significant output. Oh yeah. Oh when it comes to those phaser threes, yeah. I agree. And with all those phaser threes, it's like, yeah, good luck uh, Mitzi uh, uh phaser phaser array because uh, yeah it's, it's it's like, what, eight phaser threes? Is it well, eight or ten? Now, you pull it up in a second. It's crazy how many overlapping phaser arcs that you have. The downside to that is, is that they can't really concentrate all that phaser firepower on one target. But it's it's still an impressive array to try to get around. Oh, yeah. It's got... Um, I think the phaser hose it right, right in the back. 
R R R. Good, good, good amount of phasers. Yeah, directly aft. Yes, you've got you have that the eight phaser, phaser threes, and then you have the two phaser ones. I see a four of them, but yeah. Yeah, but yeah, but direct, but two of them can't fire straight back. Right. So, the, yeah. These two in front can't fire directly aft. The phaser well, ones here can. Right. That which is one of those nice things about the Zinni, which is the 180 degree um, phaser arcs. I'm sorry, disruptor arcs, um, versus the Klingon, which has the normal just a uh, front at you know. Um, Forward arc, so 120 degrees, which is you know that that's a good thing about the Zinni, which is you don't have to be to fire your disruptors. You do not have to be facing directly at your opponent. As you're maneuvering around trying to set up a drone 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 swarm, yep, um, you have firing options to keep somebody on their toes. Yep. And you can you can come off you can come off here on the, the you know the shield number two and shield number six, possibly even shield number three and shield number five, and be firing at your opponent with three phaser ones. Then you've got um, four phaser threes, and then two disruptors. Yep. You know, so you know, still got quite a bit of firepower when even when they're, you're not facing your opponent. You know, so, so let's go on to the Klingon, the, the, the King Eagle, which is, it's, to be honest, it's one of my third ships I like to fly. That's because it's quirky. It's an underdog, that's for sure. Oh, definitely underdog, because it has, it, it's, it's one of the, has the, one of the best cloaking costs, <clears throat> you know, Lowest cloaking, cloaking costs of all the all the ships is all the Romulans, I think. It is, it, it, is a, it is a tournament ship that exists nowhere but the tournament. You've got 30 box shields all the way around. You've got a fairly nice armor array. And you've got the potential of dropping a 100-point plasma if you're willing to spend the power point. Yeah. <laughs> the to all of it is is that it is very light on phasers and you have to have the cloaking device because after you've launched your R at somebody and they weasel it away, you're twiddling your thumbs for three turns. Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. The, the big issue there is unlike the um, the Gorn or the KR or the Firehawk, it only has three torps and that's the big issue. Because normally what you would do in, in those cases is that you match up the plasma S with the plasma with another plasma F, possibly having the plasma S as a pseudo, you know, pseudo torp, but you the, the you know the plasma F is gonna be real, but the, but also your opponent has to guess whether plasma S is gonna be real or not. Now what was that, Doug? You can play the shell game. Right, exactly. Yeah. Now, the King Eagle does get pseudo Fs, which is cold comfort. Um, and um, 
I remember the, the hue and cry years ago when people were trying to, to convince uh, the powers that be that the King Eagle deserved an NSM, and nobody was giving them the time of day. Oh, don't get me started on that because I, I actually, I, I think it should. I think it should actually. I think it should have the NSM. Yeah, but because if you're moving fast enough to get out of the explosion zone of the MSM before it can get triggered, um, then yeah, it, it, it's it's weird. Uh, the, the tactics around dropping mines like that really change in the tournament because of the way because of the way a club top works. Mm -hmm. Well, I, I, see, this, here's what I feel about it. I feel like it, that it should get the NSM replace. You know, put the give me this T bomb, give it the NSM, but it can't be a hidden laying of the mine. That that's the only thing. Mines aren't 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 hidden because they are in the tournament anyway. Right. Oh, definitely not a tournament, but that's one of the things that with the NSM is that you could actually hide it. You know, you know, in theory, you know, I, I forget what the rules are when it comes to comes to the mine laying. Um, but you know, if, if you know where the mine is, and as long as you're not too close, actually, if you're that close, you know, that that might be. That's definitely a way that the King Eagle is going to get you off his tail. Because a, a T-bomb, unless you have your your front shield down, you might just run it over and keep going. Well, the main thing that the T-bomb is going to do for this guy is seeking weapons. Yeah. It's the really T-bomb is, 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 is basically the way to deal with the swarm of drones coming at you. Uh, maybe, maybe going after the uh, hydrant stingers if it comes down to it. The other oddity of the King mm -hmm. Eagle is, is, I believe it's maybe one of just a handful of ships in the tournament that can impulse power ahead. Say what? The King Eagle um, has enough impulse engine boxes that it can use impulse power to high energy turn. Uh, maybe not. I don't think you can actually do a head using impulse engines. I'm pretty you sure high. You just have to apply that's all the power that's for I think that's power. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it requires warp. I, I'll, 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 I'll double check that, but. Um, yeah, I hear you. I, I just remember. I just remember it coming up once or twice. But any of the ships that have, uh, that, that have uh, five or more uh, impulse engine boxes, are able to actually generate a, a hit with impulse power. The thing is, you can't mix impulse and warp power, and you can't use a reactor power either. All right. Oh yeah, because you, you definitely have to have movement. Uh... Mm -hmm. Okay, I'm trying to look this up real quick. See if I can find it real quick. If I can't, I'm just going to move on. Do, 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 do. 
Yeah. Okay, there it is. Um, bum, 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 bum. Okay, and power. Here it is. Each high energy turn requires warp energy equal to five hexes of movement. I'm wrong. So. I'm wrong. Okay. I just remember hearing. I just remember hearing it somewhere in a in a in, in, maybe it's out of context somewhere. But it, it's just one of those weird oddball things that case that, that until you get into either dreadnoughts or other size class two ships, you very rarely see anybody with. Um, it's a, okay. I'm, I'm, I now I remember it's 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 erratic maneuvering that I'm complaining with right. high energy turn. And you don't use that under in the tournament anyway. But the, the 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 point's the same. It's an oddball design with mm -hmm. an oddball power range. Oh, agreed. The the King Eagle, the, the tournament King Eagle is designed for the tournament. So it's because of the additional um, armor that's added and the additional phasers that are added compared to the classic King Eagle. The simplest version, the original King Eagle, um, doesn't have the Fs and it doesn't have the Phaser threes, and it doesn't have the five boxes of armor and it's a paper tiger if you get around the one artor throws at you uh no it, it's, um, it's gonna have a bad day jeff i'm pretty sure i have to double check but i'm pretty confident in saying that the king eagle the king eagle not the war eagle the king eagle has okay, a yeah. has a plasma f's in addition to plasma right. arms. It's, it's the war it's the war eagle I'm right and i i know definitely the 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 right side, left side, phaser threes. Those are for the tournament only. Those, but it did have the rear um, phaser threes for um, drone defense. And uh, yes, and the, definitely the armor is it's cut in half. The armor for regular king eagle is like five. Yeah. So. Well, I'm I'm, bat I'm batting zero tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. No, it's fine. It's fine. It's like you stuff all this, you stuff thirty years worth of gaming knowledge in your brain. Every now and then, you're gonna you're gonna whip one. Yeah, I thought I heard some of your some things leaking out your ears. Um, then we have, of course, we have the. Sorry, the I thought I muffled that. <laughs> then of course with the Roman Firehawk, which is a excellent ship overall. You know, it's got the the good. Good phaser arcs, you know, for the phaser ones, you got the FX, FA, FL, and then, so, yeah, FR, sorry, you know, front arc, right, front arc, left, and also a rear extended um, phaser one, which is quite nice because then on the oblique, you can actually fire five phaser ones. And if you if you need to, you, you can ha have two phaser ones firing um, out shield number three and shield number five. Oh, well, actually, <laughs> if you, you include the, you can, actually, you can get like five, oh, four, yeah, four, four of the phaser ones, uh, shield number three and shield number five. Um, it has, you know, five impulse, which is not bad. And, and it's got center warp, which is also nice. You have right warp, left warp and center warp. So that's good and bad. Um, obviously the bad part about having center warp is that you can actually get it hit. You know, it, it, it just doesn't look easy enough for me. That's not easy. It looks a little on the light side of boxes. Hmm. Yeah. Well, make them look 
we should blow you up that much more. Agreed. Agreed. Then, yeah, and when it comes to hull, yeah, you got three, three forward hull, and you've got eight rear hull, which is close to a Klingon. Klingon has seven forward hull. There's some forward hull. There's two boxes of forward hull in each of the each of the uh, outrigger. Oh, boots. I missed that. You're right. I forgot about I forgot about the the nacelles. Yeah, so you got seven forward hull and. Which is which is equal, which is around like um, a win um, um great black shark. Which is not which is not bad, overall. You know, it's got what two labs, which is, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 more of an eggshell than the other Romulan ship. The KR. Mm-hmm. Understood, though. You know, as I said the. Um, the Ford hull is quite well protected. Um, uh, yeah, which is good, which means your batteries are going to be well protected. With seven Ford hull, it takes a while to get through the Ford hull to get to the batteries. Yeah. Which is always a good thing when it comes to um, flying a um, plasma ship. Yeah, the batteries are absolutely critical because... That's the only way you can actually launch on a rolling delay, unless you dedicate, unless unless you commit to firing at EA. Mm -hmm. And of course, the, the one thing that I'm like I'm e on, which is comes a Firehawk. You got the FP plasma S's and the RPLP plasma S. That's one of those things that's like ah, uh, compare that to the next ship. Which is the KR, which has you know the LPRP for pairs of plasma S's and plasma F's, which I, in a way, I prefer because a lot of times you're going to be you're going to be dealing with those in those pairs, for you know if you're going to be playing the shell game. Um. Obviously, the, the good part about having an FP arcs that the Firehawk has is that. You have two plasma F's, S's, sorry, plasma S's that can fire the whole front half. That, that's the whole yep. arc. But, and of and course. The, the, KR, the KR is designed with the, the Klingon pattern of saber dance. If I'll come down the shield six side, then on my next pass, I'll come down the shield two side, and so on and so forth. And, and they adapted they adapted the, uh, the Klingon tactics to go with the Klingon hull. Yep. And then you have. With the KR, you only have seven rear hull, and you've got five forward hull. So you're, you're bad. Here's the question. Sure. Are you gonna Are you gonna use the cloak on any of the Romulan ships if you play them? Because I mean, really, you pay a big price to have that cloak in the building. True. Um, it depends on the opponent. I I, I really would think. Um, against the Orion, probably. Um, obviously, if, if I if I fly the, the King Eagle, I've, I'm going to probably be using the cloak a lot more often than not. Um, but for the KR and the Firehawk, I'd say it depends upon the opponent. M most of the time, I'd say the cloak is not going to be used. At least I, I wouldn't, uh, um, just because of... Um, I'm not 
that good of a person with cloak because the, always the issue with cloak period is that once you get under cloak you have to know you have to have a plan for to um turning off the cloak and you know and getting it so that you're not gonna get your before you actually can fire your your opponent is basically got you lined up and is gonna kill you as soon as you finish on cloaking that's one of the early tactics with, uh, with with cloaking opponents was you pop a weasel as soon as you start fading in and as soon as you're fully faded in you launch your plasma voiding the first weasel and then you pop a second weasel right away meaning you end up never actually giving them a chance to direct fire on you without the ship mm -hmm. oh it's good on to this the zinni the zing as we discussed earlier has you know has the foreign drone racks it's got the most um drone swaps when it comes to phase type fours you can have three you have three type fours actually the three is a four type fours no i think it's only yeah only three type fours versus only two type four swaps for everybody else um and you also have double control ring so you can launch your scatter pack and a full um, swarm of a full a salvo of, of drones and you could still control them all. So, and, and the one, one thing I've heard about the Zinni, it's one of the few ships that actually can take a full overloaded photon hit and keep going. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, it's one of the toughest boats there as far as taking damage goes. And you have your own personal coach that'll be on your shoulder. Yep, yep. Especially, um, um, and obviously the good thing about it is that if, if the the one big hit is fine, but obviously it's like any other ship that if you do a Mizzy attacks, then it's gonna have some. You might have some problems because you can actually knock out like all four drone racks. If you knock out all four drone wrecks, it's pretty toast, in my mind, anyway. But but that in get it, you have to get the Mitzi attack, and it can be kind of resistant to that too with all those phasers, mm -hmm. all those phaser three. Yes, that's true. So your phaser ones will last quite a bit, quite a long time. I agree there. Whoops. I think it's one of those boats that you can be really subtle with. But you can also be really blunt with. It all depends on how you want to fly it. Uh, the, the Zenti is a really good phaser boat as long as you still have drones. But as soon as you uh, run out of drones, you've got to start trying to slug. And the thing is, is that by that point, you've probably taken a bunch of shield damage as you've been dancing around. A lot of players are really difficult or get around the concept of, okay, when do I fire my fours? When do I fire my fast drones? When do I fire this or that? And the thing is, is that the problem with mobile terrain is, is that if you're not hiding around the trees, setting up an ambush, you're not doing it right. That is, that is true. That is true. The, uh, <clears throat> there, there's a lot of, there's a lot of little goofy things you can do with those drone points. Um, Mm -hmm. The um, you get down 
you get down into the weeds with uh, how you build your scatter pack and it can be fun. But uh, one type four and four type ones in the scatter pack make some of the scatter pack drones fast. And all of a sudden you've given somebody a real headache. Okay, which is the four? Mm-hmm. Agreed. And then, then of course you have the whole whole thing with um, holding back your your um, scatter pack for like the first sixteen impulses and unload one of the drones. Yep. You know that 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 trick that trick. And the, the, here's one thing I've I've rarely ever 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 seen anybody do, and that's actually. Um, by the extended range when it comes to the drones. So, oh, oh, agree that most, for the most part, there's no point in it. Um, but, you know, and that's, and that's, I think that's why people ever, rarely ever chose that. You know, it's, it's one of those ones that I can, I can imagine you doing it if you have an opponent which you know is not going to, just phaser down your drones. You know they're gonna try to run them out until they until they they die. You know, um, yeah, and that's why you have the counter of fracturing in the fishbowl because that's that's a big thing with this boat is that you have the ability to literally run your opponent down, not worry about using your disruptors. And just right. grab them and fracture them and feed them drones. I mean, it's the Zenti that taught the Gorn how to anchor, after all. <laughs> no, no, no. Seriously, in the uh, in, in the earliest iteration of of drone warfare, mm -hmm. the Zenti were really hard to beat because they would just waltz up, latch tractor beam on, and unload every rack until whatever it was they were holding on to surrendered, gave up, or blew up. That's that is true, especially um, within the um, early early years of mm -hmm. SFB. The the drones were so much slower than the ships. <clears throat> that and then you really needed to anchor that sucker to feed them to them. Right. Yeah. And and your disruptors were basically a if you had them, they're a secondary consideration. They're nice for the fight once you, your opponent can't really run away from them. True. But the uh, the third the third type four swap, uh, the three points for drone upgrades, uh, it gives them a lot of flexibility that even the Orion doesn't have because you can reset those choices at the beginning of every round. Mm -hmm. And you can even buy spare drones not that super inventory drones are cheap or even all that useful. You have to essentially have a have a rack empty out or repair a rack after it's been repaired after it's been destroyed. Right. Or just know that but you're that's all late game stuff. Game. If you know you're gonna be in for a very long game, that could be worth it. So. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But the the thing is is that if you're if you set the things up right um, if you run the guy out of shuttles, or all his shuttles are manned and on the map, and you can you can get your your scatter pack to blossom on the other side of him from where you are, and you've still got fast drones in your rack, you can put him in a world of hurt. Well, it depends on what your opponent's running. 
That's true. It's, it's like it's like every other match. It's gonna, your tactics is going to be dictated by your ship and your opponent's ship. So right. if he's up against an Andromedan, who's going to run out his drones most of the time, he might want that extra set of drones. I think it's he's what, a point like, and a half for a super inventory drone? Wow. That is a good question. I, man. <laughs> I think it's I, I think I think if you commit to that you can get at most two two uh, type one drones super inventory. <laughs> now, this is twice I've made you look something up, Paul. Yeah, <laughs> I know, I know. This game bad. Oh, uh, okay. Ho uh, hopefully my is. memory is serving me better this time. Extra um, type 1M drones freely free are 1.5 per drone. It cannot be used for a second scatter pack. Or a, a, you can use extended dur um, endurance, which I, I just talked about, for half a point. Uh, so you can obviously upgrade your um, type speed M to speed F drones for, for half a point. And then down here, commence with the Klingon. You actually can. Where's I'm pretty sure the Klingons. Anyone get ten? Here it is. The Klingon player can replace ten of some of the ten anti drones with, you know, Type Six M drones at a cost of 0.25 points per drone. Obviously, it's fast. It's also it, that'd be cost a 0.5. Yes. Do they get? Do they get two free sixes? I can't remember. Yeah. Yeah. They got 10 ad rounds oh, and, right. and yeah, two. That's what it says it right there, yeah. Uh, 10 ADDs and two six M's, right. Really? <laughs> Goofy cat. They're not paying attention to the Zenti. He, he hears us talking about Zenti, and it's not him. Yeah, I know. <laughs> okay. Moving on to the Gorn. Um, obviously, the Gorn, the biggest issue for the Gorn is da -da 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 -da, turn mode D. It sucks. <laughs> it, that being said, it still, still seems to be a tournament favorite. Oh. The last couple of tournaments, anyhow. Agreed. Well, I know... Um, before, uh, that um, Peter Bakia, you know, he gave up on, on the Zinni and moved over to the Gorn for for a long time. Because really, okay, Katie, goodbye. Um, he played you know the Zinni for many many years. He actually has a set of counters which are just his Zinni counters, which are so worn. <laughs> um, I I, I, I remember the, this like when last time um, he was at Origins. You know, obviously I was a judge at that, at that point. The, his counters were so worn. He had, he had this one special packet, just like I, I had a, a special packet of Andromedan counters, which I which I used, which are not as worn as his Zinnies, but you know, <laughs> they were they were showing their age. Um, obviously, the good thing about it is, of course, the red right uh, <clears throat> RP LP plasma S plasma F combination. Though plasma Fs are actually right side left side, so. They give they have a little better arcs um and of course the great thing about the gorn is of course it's eight phaser ones 
eight phaser ones, but the it's meant it's designed not to target all eight phaser ones, you know, directly forward. It's for it's to make up for the bad turn mode. So you always have like somewhere either three or four phaser ones target at you at any time, no matter what shield facing you are on. So it's got yeah, it's got it's got a lot of it's got a lot of phaser ones. It's only got just a just a pair of phaser threes, which is interesting design choice. But yeah, it's it's that overlapping fields of defense. The the the, the, the similar to the way the the B seventeen or B twenty four had the overlapping areas, they couldn't uh, concentrate their defensive fire in any one direction. And of course, the, the other interesting part about the Gorn is the fact that it's got thirty two warp, not thirty. Huh? No, that's right. They call, that's the that's the non tournament version. My brain is somewhere else tonight. Yeah, you don't have to forgive me. Yeah, the only the only one that has thirty two warp instead of thirty is the Seltorian. Has, it definitely has fast warp. Um, but one good thing about the Gorn is a center hall. So, right. so the, the batteries are protected. And and for those of you who aren't that familiar with it, the reason why that's important for plasma players is fast load Fs. And of course, uh, that that's one thing that you can use it for. Also, another is... Um, using it for final loading of you know, you know, of of torps. But right. the, you can use reserve power or battery power to finish off a rolling a rolling delayed uh, S or G torp, mm -hmm. and that's why it's absolutely critical to maintain your batteries almost as much as it is when you're flying the Andromedan. Yeah, well, <laughs> Andromedan, it's trying to keep them level and so mm -hmm. forth. In the case of other ships, just have them sort of survive. Yeah. Obviously, for Andromedans, if the batteries are, are gone, just hang up, just say, okay, game's over <laughs> at that point. It really, it really is. Now, going on to one of the ships that, that obviously um, would be interesting which is, of course, the Archaeotholian Tournament um, Command Cruiser. There you go. There shh, you go. Shh, quiet. This would, <laughs> this would be an interesting, this is an interesting ship. Um, obviously, it has two, two web snares. Instead of one, which is the, the Neotholian has only one web snare. It has eight phaser ones, which is Pretty cool, and, it, and directly forward, it can fire eight phaser ones. Center line, it can fire eight on, phaser ones at you. Yikes! On the center line, that's yeah, that's that's a that's a pretty potent phaser hose. Yes, it's a two. It's a it's a war cruiser, the two third arming, which means that the amount of power is less. Obviously, it's got a web caster, so it can cast the web, or obviously. Um, in some cases, you can actually use it as the web fist to, you know, have as as additional um, direct fire weapon if you want to do that. Obviously, most of the time you use it as a web caster, as mobile, <laughs> not quite mobile, but the terrain, that terrain, and 
fighting behind that. Now, that's always using it that way. It's usually the more difficult for, at least for me, um, you have to have that, the, the proper mindset when it comes to setting up the web and how, depending on how you're going to approach your, your opponent, where you're going to lay the, the web, um, closer to you, closer to him, and so forth. And if you lay it wrong, it's going to be a, a wasted amount. You're wasted energy completely. So, um, obviously, um, it, it's it's a, it's a actually it's, it's quite a nice ship. It's been favored um, over the, the Neotholian just because of um, one the turn mode, the turn mode B, and two it's a it's a war cruiser. So you can actually um, you have hot warp. And you can you can head at, at higher speeds. That's that's always a good thing. Um, it's got the downside. What's that? The downside of it being a war cruiser though is that it tends to be a little bit more fragile. That is true. But fortunately, yeah. everything is center hull. So. And once you start taking power hits, it really hurts. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Yeah, the thing is, you have... Yeah, when you only have center hull, like, there's going to be, obviously, the issue that after your hull... Uh, after your hull is gone, I mean, hull's gone, gone. All your power <laughs> gets... <clears throat> is exposed. So, it's, it's, a, it's an interesting ship to fly. And then, of course, next is the Neotholian, which has the whipcaster, has a single snare... Is yeah, a the other ship can help a lot though. They can help a lot against say uh, somebody with seeking uh, weapons. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh yeah. And just, uh, throw that extra little bit out there. Agreed. It's got only seven phaser ones instead of the eight of the of the Archeo. Um Again, center line it can hit seven. Off center line, they only can hit five because of the right side, left side phaser ones are there are pairs of them. There are two of them, um, and it's got um, six phaser phaser threes. So overall, it has thirteen phasers on the whole ship. So it is. It also only has one web snare, and it's that weird hourglass broadside arc. Yeah, right, right side or, or right, left or right side, which is basically is the same thing here for these two snares but the, the good thing about uh well the, the good thing about having the two snares is that you have two snares after you charge the snares you can use one and then you can use the other and you didn't have to recharge the second one you know and you can actually use it twice in one turn versus <clears throat> a single one you only can have a wet snare would use once in the turn um Obviously, the downside of this is, is that compared to the Archeo, is that it's turn mode one. It also has turn mode B, which is good, but <clears throat> move cost one. Move think. cost is is more. Yeah, and the it got split between forward hull and aft hull. You know, six and eight. So it's a it's a, it's an interesting ship overall and. The disruptors are all FA arc versus 
the quirkiness of the archaeotholing, which you have two of them FA arc, one which is right front, right front, right, and the other one's left front, left. So unless you get them center lined, you only can fire a maximum of three disruptors. And then sometimes you only can fire you only can fire two. You know, oh, actually, it's fire one because right, right. If you thin right front, you can fire three. Left front, you can fire three. Right, you only can fire one. Yeah. Of course, then there is da -da -da -da, the Orion, Mister. <laughs> The, the more, one of the most maneuverable ships in the entire tournament. It's a turn mode A. It's also has two hit bonuses. See? One, two. Um, and of course, it can double its energy, you know, like double its warp, double its, its impulse. So you can have a heck of a lot more um, power available on, not on demand, but. It, at the beginning of the turn. But obviously the downside of that is dun -dun -dun -dun, you have to knock off a box. So if you, you if you double your energy for, for you know, yeah, double the good old-fashioned old Orion power cocaine. It yep. feels so good, and then it crashes so hard. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. And, of course, the one of the downsides of the Orion is it has three control boxes. That's it. One bridge, two auxiliary control. That's it. After that, it has no more control boxes. It's also fairly. It's also relatively fragile in other ways as well. True. It's only got what six <laughs> six foot hull and six cargo. Last cannon. Yeah. And the. Uh... The, the uh, restrictions on the wing mounts for the, the, the secondary options. Um, you know, it's been a while since I've seen anybody put fusions out there. Usually it's it's usually it's drones or a drone and a phaser just to get an extra point in the phaser cap. Mm -hmm. But uh, I think the most popular recent addition is a is a gat in on one uh, is a gat and two hellbores in the front and drones on the side. And that's that one's scary. Agreed. That 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 can be scary. Obviously, usually, um, the Orion selects two packages. One package is um, the phaser boat. One phaser G, and then four phase, phaser ones. So it can fly as fast as it wants, and and if there's an Andromeda, it can kill it. And. Now the other one is all up to to that person. I've, yeah. In theory, I never, I never, I've never seen some anyone do this, um, which is the the all drone option. Where in that case you get the oak disc. At that point. Okay. You have to what take three racks to get oak disc. Ah. Uh... I can't remember. I can't remember either. And if you don't have oak disc, uh, the uh, if you discount oak disc, the only other ship that can that has double drone control is no. the Klingon and the uh, 
and the Zenti. Yeah, but without Oat Disc, the the Orion has half drone control. Oh, that's right. If a ship has at least three drone racks, it has automatically equipped with Oak Disc. Okay. And Orion can select a Type B rack for for one or more of its option mounts. Can swap um, Type Fours, drone number three, but does not gain a scatter pack. And doesn't get any upgrade points either. And then of course the photons does not get does not start with the overloaded energy like the um, Federation. <laughs> I gotta love this one, which I, which is you can't. Add tractors, repair, mine racks, hull, cargo, transporters, or anything else prohibited by G15.4 are not allowed in the option mounts in tournament. Which is like, really? You have to actually say that in a tournament? Can you imagine someone putting cargo or hull in the, in the, in the, the front three option mounts? You know, depending on the situation, I might be tempted to try to see if I could get AWR up there. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I'm, I'm willing to bet it's under G15.4. It's, it's prohibited. Because, um, yeah, I, I, I don't, I'd have to double check on, on that rule. But anyhow, um, obviously... Um, it does have a cloak, so which is which is quite nice, I'd say. And of course, the breakdown is sticks. So even if you use up your two head bonuses, you still have a one in five, a one in six chance of actually failing. That's interesting. The, the cloak <laughs> cost on that on that ship is proportionally equal to what it is on the on the King Eagle. Yeah, half the warp power. But I, if I recall correctly, the cloak cost actually goes up if, like, if you double. If you double, the cloak cost doubles. And you can only get that lower number on the cloak cost if you ah. deactivate all warp sources of power. If you're running on impulse, re, uh, impulse standard reactor and battery, you can get that lower cloak cost. And that's the only way to get it. If you generate any warp power at all, you have to use the higher cloak cost. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's a rare thing that actually I've seen Orion's actually cloak. Yeah, yeah really typically, typically yeah. It, it isn't used, which is why they got the uh, the uh, the alternate uh, the alternate tournament cruiser later down in the list because they basically said, okay, you're not going to use the cloak. We'll give you something approaching a regular cruiser. Right. Agreed. That, and that. That ship's not available, unfortunately. The the um, Orion um, CA. We go on <coughs> onward to the the Hydrant um, Lord Marshall. Obviously, it's a, it's a nice ship. The problem with the Lord Marshall overall is that it's really really um, has an issue with Mizia. If if you're mm-hmm. if you actually are under if you get your opponent and he Mizias you. You can basically lose most of your weapons off the ship pretty quickly because of yep. you've got your fusions, you got your hellbores, and you got your phasers. So <laughs> you can easily lose three three uh, weapons per Mizzy attack. 
But you know Not what? to mention the fact that you don't have any threes to pad your Phaser 1s. That's the downside of the Phaser G is it makes your ship that much more fragile. Agreed. Agreed. Of course, then you have... Uh, on the other hand... There is yes, it's the best that. weapon. It's, it's the best weapon to damage output uh, weapon in the in the game. One point of power for up to sixteen points output. Yeah, the uh, the the thing is this, and it comes down to it being like you know depending on your tactic versus your opponent. I mean, you don't have to arm your fusions. You can you can run that as a. Uh, Go in, flink off uh, on a shield, and then hit it with hellbores, run away, and be a subtlety ship. You can yep. avoid getting close. Or you could run right into your opponent's face, crack to them, and on impulse one of the next turn, give them four overloaded fusions and eight phaser Gs. And, and if you time it right, the fighters will be in range too. Yeah. Uh, and the fighters, you either put them out to soak up weapons or you wait. And you launch them once everything else is gone, and they can be the coup de grace. Yeah, you, know, you got a lot of options with the with the with the high ground, yeah, and that's just tons of options. That, that's yeah, just he, it. It's such an embarrassment of riches when it comes to options that it intimidates some players. Yeah, and, and the thing is, you, it, it really comes down to what are you going to do tactics-wise against a particular opponent, you know, and, and what you decide to do on the very beginning of turn one, it doesn't really allow for a lot of, like, um, variation after the fact. So. Agreed. Hey, yeah. there's one that's, like, cracks for Paul. Was that? Yeah. Open your eyes. Yeah, I'll be the Andromedan. I, I figured we kind of, we'd skip past the Andromedan just because of, everyone know, knows how, you know, it, and this is not the, the the one that's currently, not the one that's currently in the in the client. Um, it actually has two TR heavies. It's got the same phaser complement um, batteries. It only has three batteries instead of four, um, but the rest is the same when it comes to the amount of power and so forth. Which I think it needs to be adjusted. I think it needs more power overall. The the um, lack of the fourth battery makes it almost impossible to do a panel flip. Right. And without any and without being able to flip your panels, it's almost like set. It's not quite, but it's almost like telling the rest of the galactic powers that you're not allowed to rebuild shields. It yeah. really does make it difficult. Oh, I agree. Uh, it is possible to do. It just requires two turns instead of one turn. Yeah. That that that. And, and it requires an enemy that that, that uh, will let you. <laughs> yeah, I think the big problem with the Andro in the tournament is that it's always one tweak away of either being King Kong or Fay Ray. <laughs> That's an interesting way to put it. Uh, of all the of, of all the of all the ships in the tournament right now, this is the one that is most vulnerable to getting bit by the dice. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. And basically, I think it's, it's possibly an unbalanceable ship. 
Uh, I, I, I disagree with that. I think it's balanceable. It just is going to require quite a bit of work. They've had 30 years to balance it. <laughs> the, and it's either, it's either King Kong or it's Bay Ray. And well, always, I think the problem, I think part of the problem is, is that uh, the, the Steves have, uh, have seen that when it was King Kong, everybody flocked to it. And it was Fay Ray, everybody abandoned it. And there's only been there's only been a, a few a few players that actually excelled at flying the Andromeda because it is it, it it's a different you have to keep up with different values in your head with when you turn off when you do this when you do that the the, the power panels um, the PA panels they 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 have a they have a high learning curve and they have a pretty wicked um, uh, inside edge on this on the on on the scimitar if, if you slip up they will they will kill you because if you don't have anywhere else for that power to go you can't flip your power and if somebody manages to actually hit one of your panels and release a lot of power it'll set up a chain reaction and you're toast that, it's that... one of the it's one of the few ships that can that, that could take a leaky a leaky hit rule hit and end up uh doing a death star right Boom. oh it is possible it's a, it's a rare thing um it is it, it, it's actually it's it was fun the one time that actually happened to me where we you know i got a whole crowd around just, just hoping that this hit the next panel hit you know <laughs> it, it was, you know it, I, I, my ship was dead at the point at that point let's, let's see how far this can go you know yeah. and, and that that part was fun but okay Getting back to the the um, the balancing of the ship, the, the biggest issue is that people have no interest. No one's had really an interest, except for a few individuals, to actually balancing the ship. Everyone likes that it got yeah, nerfed. Some of them are on this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Most people loved it that it got nerfed and got basically withdrawn from the tournament so they didn't have to deal with it anymore. Yeah, because it's either King Kong or Fay Ray. And, and if the, it's King the, Kong, you don't want to fly against it. Yeah, it's a, the thing is, what makes it what makes it really daunting is is that if you look at it from one point of view, it's got double it's got double strength shields on any one on any one shield face. The thing is, is that it doesn't. It just is able to concentrate it all up better because. Yeah, you could take sixty points and not and not slip a point past, in theory, um, on on six, one, or two. But it, you you'd have to you'd have to change two or even three hex sides to get to get the rear panels in arc, and that's what makes it that's what makes it so interesting to fly. Is that you're always one slip away from total disaster. Yep. It looks like round three of the Man Kazan Wars tonight. <laughs> Uh-huh. Yeah, I know. Uh, you playing gorilla? I'm gonna get you by the ankle. Yeah. Uh-uh. Okay. Quickly, um, of course, the Lyran. Mm. The two SGAs, you know, which is always the more one more difficult um, uh, weapons to actually system weapons to actually use effectively because of it requires you actually to get close to your opponent. And 
they also can draw a lot of energy. Of course, the great thing about ESGs is that they're capacitors, i.e., after they're charged, they don't they don't require further energy um, to put into them until the next time they they need to be charged. No. Most people that want to fly with ESG as a weapon end up going with the LDR anyway for other reasons. Yeah. Yeah. I think of the two of them, the LDR is the better tournament ship, personally. I mean, the, the Lyran the, the Lyran is probably probably take a, a hit better, but the the LDR just has so much more options for dogfighting. True. So the the LDR, I I ran that a lot way back in the day. Yeah, I remember. It is, it is an excellent. Um, it's it's basically a jaguar. You know, you're you're yeah. going with speed, hit and run. But if you can set up a good overrun on your opponent, where you're not going to die horribly going in, and you could actually destroy anything in the game with that ship. Yeah, the the fun thing to do with ESGs is to stagger them going up so that the the. the uh, your alpha strike hits with the first with the with the out with the front wave of ESG hitting the ship and the second ESG comes online just in time for you to drive the back end of the ESG into the same down shield. That's the old that's the old one two that's the one one two Foxtrot uniform maneuver. Mm-hmm. Uh, my, my my preference with it was to have both ESGs at their max power at zero, get the overrun hit, let them take the shield down. Yeah, because it's damage under movement, not damage under direct fire. Yeah, well, the thing is, if you if you tear the shield down with the ESG, basically you're gonna just destroy everything else with. With, with all your weapons because you got those two phaser Gs. And you do yeah. a center line overrun on somebody, they're gonna have a bad day. Yes, they are. And if they let you do it, they, they're gonna receive everything they deserve. Everything. Yeah, and, and the thing is, it's, it's one of those ships that the opponents can very much underestimate because it's, yeah. it's so chewy on, it's so, it's so tasty on the inside, like any other war cruiser. Yeah, it, it but, is rather. It is relatively fragile. It's got, aside from the ESGs, it's got those FX art center uh, uh, center disruptors, which is interesting. Yeah, you can spend several turns running around, hitting them with non-overloads or just two overloads. Oh yeah. A couple phasers pinging away, and you can you can grind that opponent shield down. And also get them to expend all their energy and trying to get you. That's right. That's um, so when I when yeah, I would fly the LDR, I would just uh, I'd use I'd use two I'd use the two FX disruptors and I'd leave the uh, two the, the the two secondary disruptors unpowered to take hits, so that I could preserve the uh, disruptors with the better arc. And I just chew chew chew, and when the the time looked right, I'd cut in and we'd see what we could do. The one thing I really liked when I was running that ship was just the sheer flexibility of it. Oh, yeah. I mean, you can go and you can play the kiting game with your opponent, but you could also go in for the knife fight. 
and the uh, the Fed oversight overrun. So, yeah, I mean the ideal strike for this guy is that you wear down some fields at long range, and your opponent expends a bunch of firepower at you, and you go in and overrun them on impulse thirty two with your maneuverability. And, and then you follow it up with four overloaded disruptors and <laughs> just Yeah, and then you follow it up on impulse one with overloaded disruptors at point blank range. And if you've got a shield left, you can brick it up to boot. Yeah. And even if you don't have a shield at left, you know, I mean, if you hit them yeah. with your ESGs to take the shield down and you hit them with four phases, you know, eight phaser threes and all your other phasers that have survived the run in, he's going to be hurting with what's bearing. And you've got probably three, if not four, overloaded disruptors on impulse one. Oh, and also don't forget, if you do it, you can launch two suicide shuttles on them at range zero. Yep, it's one of the ships of two base, and he you has, can do a double bay dump. He has to choose between shooting them or shooting you with yep. whatever's still bearing. And yeah, that, that that's a very bad moment for anybody that lets you do that. But again, that's, you know, that's just like a coup de grace moment. So there you go. Oh, yeah. Very much so. Oh, Paul, I would not recommend that you run this ship. You mean the LDR? Or the Laren? Um. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I would say take the uh, Laren LDR over the, uh, the regular Laren. Although that's a nice ship, too, in its own way. Yep. True. So who have we not talked about? There's the... Uh... There, well, there's we the, the, got the two wins. Space you in. You got the space you in. <laughs> yeah. You got the great black shark. You've got the ox box. Yep. Oh, the ox um, box is another one that is, is very special for Paul. And it's very, very <laughs> tempting to run. I, I, I have remembered uh, more than a couple of podcasts where um, Paul has. Um, had some rather blue language on drawing the ox box in an upcoming tournament fight and wondering yeah. if he's going to handle it. Yeah. Well, the other side of that is I've seen Paul in live play like hit that thing three times successfully. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Which I will never let you ever forget yeah. about. Yep. Well, you know, it, it, yeah, if, if you're able to hit three times successfully in the ox box, your opponent needs to go out and buy a lottery ticket. <laughs> no, no, he needs to go out and buy the lottery ticket. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> His opponent probably has already lost at that point. Well, yeah, the ox box is one of those really odd designs. It's... What they did to it to fit it into the tournament profile with the way it's it, it's constrained to its design elements is talk about King Kong or Fay Ray. Um, this is this is either King Kong or King Kong with a limp. I'm not sure which. <laughs> I think King Kong with a limp because this this one's much more forgivable for you. I mean, compared oh, yeah. to the Andromedan, you can make a mistake or two with this and still win a game. 
you know, with the Andromedan, if you make a, a, a mistake, you are probably done. Yep. You know, unless it's in King Kong iteration. So, there's that. Yep. yep. Very survivable ship that Paul's incredibly familiar with. Maybe yeah. we should talk about something else because if Paul decides to take this ship, I, he's perfectly perfectly fine with that one. Yeah. Agreed. But uh, I mean, if you wanted to do something different, that LDR might not be a bad option. Or that right there. The ISC? Yeah. Yeah. The ISC can be kind of a little monster, too. You're not allowed to Star Castle with it. And its biggest weakness is that they can get under your gun. With, that's you know, just it. The, 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 the PPD has that is. That has that myopic zone that just as soon as everybody else's heavy weapons get into primo overload range, uh, you're out of luck in more ways than one. But um, on the other side of it, this is a ship that he can bolt those plasma Gs with. Yeah. Take the shield down with phaser ones and plasma Gs at range. And yeah. eat them and overload a PPD and run away. And if you get chased, you've got those plasma Fs, those tail, tail guns to help help with that. The problem with that is, is that you've got to be careful of not running afoul of the specialized rules on those plasma F tail guns. You can only fire one at anything larger than a shuttle per turn. Oh, yeah, but that can be spaced over two turns. Yes, it can. Very true. And... and and if you've taken somebody's number one down and done a little mitzvah work on them, they might not want to take that one phaser or that one plasma F down their throat as they chase you. So the the only problem I see with this is that it would be a very subtle, subtle ship to fight with. If you're not used to using the PPD especially, Agreed. And the other thing, I mean, it's a matter of different tactics. You could throw out, you could, you could run in at them and just take a tactic of grinding their shields down with um, envelopers. Because that gives them a choice. They can ignore it. They can choose not to weasel it and take a little bit of damage all around. And that little bit of damage here and there all around can add up over time. It does, and it's a matter of fact, it was uh, a tactic that was used by the uh, fella who got pretty far in the, in the last tournament flying the ISC. Uh, Can't remember his name off the top of my head. Me neither. Um, okay, moving on. I'll do apologies to said player. I mean, I'm not trying to. Yeah, oh. Trying to toot his horn and then, and then tell him he's, he's been forgotten. But. <laughs> Random player number whatever. Yeah. Right. We apologize in the Red shirt number six. Okay. Well, we okay, already <laughs> talked about the LDR. Saltorian. Actually, I've already discussed it. So moving onward and forward. What is there to say about the Saltorian you haven't said before? That's true. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. Now we have. Now the Dendarian Light Tournament Cruiser is. Uh, sucks. Um, overall, 
um, not much to say about it because you don't have much um, weaponry here. It's 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 toast. You know, um, it's it's, a, it's one of the ships that you can they put in the tournament. They made it official because they know it wouldn't screw up the tournament. If anyone plays it, God help them, um, because of you know that you can the the, the medium railguns can actually do some do some damage, but the the arcs are so quirky, you know, each going out each direction that you're, you're not going to have it. You know, you're not going to be able to play, play against them. You don't have that much. But you have one, two, three, four, five, six phaser ones and two phaser threes. You know, you ain't got much of a chance here. So, and the okay, the rest are unofficial and not in the tournament. So, more's the pity. I, I, I actually think it. Would, I actually think it'd be fun to fun fun to fly the Frax tournament ship. Can you go back to that one? Which one? The Frax? Yeah. I didn't. I didn't bring up the Frax. Here's the Frax. Which is four, four, four disruptors and eight phaser ones in these weird. These weird overlapping FXRX arc groups, which right. means that the only way to get a decent alpha on them is to give them the broadside. Yep. I I agree. It's kind of kind of a, a, a neat ship in in the, in the fracks overall are neat in 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 that you know the whole idea is to simulate more of a battleship. You know where you know most of the weapons are broadside yeah you know so without having turreted weapons which they get which shows the province of the borac as i recall um yeah it's it it really is an interesting design and it calls back to a different era when the primary naval tactic was trying to cross the t on your opponent well you do the same thing with the uh current ships anyway that's true you can it's just that your your weapons arts are varied between different factions uh, i just I, I, the, the 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 symmetry of of the the frack ship just appeals to me in a very interesting way you've got uh, just just the way it works out you, you've got a mediocre secondary with the three with the four phaser threes but aside from that, I mean, it's it's a tough looking little ship. Dude, that's a hell of a phaser boat ship. Oh yeah, that's the thing. If if you forego the disruptors and you just want to fly around and phaser the heck out of anything that comes your way, uh, that's that ship will do it for you. I mean, I can't quite tell from from the thing, but. Is one, two, three, four, seven, eight, nine, ten? Are those all phaser ones? Yes. Yep. These are all four phaser ones. Four you phaser have, ones. You have you have two arrays of phaser ones, four each. The one the the the, the one in the front is FX arc, and the one in the back is RX arc. You've got a pair of disruptors FX, and you've got a pair of disruptors RX, and, and then you've got, got a single phaser three in each of the corners. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. And of course, it's, two, it's, 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 it's symmetry. 
as I said, it's, it's, it's designed so that you're fighting broadside. You're not fighting. You're not trying to use your front. You're trying to use your back, you know, uh, out shield number That's two, right. three, and That's five, and six. That's to do any kind of an alpha with pretty much everything involved. But you know that that's a really nice laser boat right there. Uh huh. Why do you think I was lamenting the fact it's not in the current tournament? Because <laughs> you got that spot on each side where you can hit somebody with all eight phasers and just keep going at high speed. Right. And also, it's of course the two shuttle bays too, so which is always nice. Yeah, you, yeah, you can do a double bay drop, and if somebody decides they want to try to get in behind you to stern chase you, impulse one of the next turn, you can you can make them see exactly how much they want to deal with it by dropping your dropping your two type fours and two overloaded disruptors while you're working on charging your phasers back up. <laughs> yep. Yep. Okay. Well, gentlemen, it's really late. <laughs> Yeah, it is. Has been talk about there. Hanger flying tournament ships, that's what happens. The time just melts away. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So Jeff, it's always a pleasure to having you. You stay safe out there. I'll do it. Good night, everybody. Good night. Night, Jeff. Okay. Well, Doug, yeah, you have a good night. Yes. Yeah, Gamers of Winter coming up. We're about seven weeks out. And, uh, yeah, Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, gamersofwinter.net. And uh, we'll have some SFE stuff there. I would like to schedule. If nothing else, we can have a good meetup, too. So. People who want to play FFE, there you go. Anybody who wants to play FFE for the weekend, we have a lot of space at this yeah. place. <laughs> Definitely. I think it's the largest space we've had in several years. So, but there's that. Uh, there are some pictures of the space on um, on the uh, Gamers of South Central PA. Uh, read on Facebook. It's not the last picture that I posted though. That one was from prior winter when we went to that cafe. Went to that right. cafe for the event. Right, which was nice. So yeah, there's that. And uh, just uh, just so everybody knows, we not only do we have more space. This is an actual hotel that has three other meeting rooms that we can pick up any of them if we have to. So. Okay, cool. Happy New Year to everybody who hasn't heard that 5,000 times already. I'm sure he'll hear quite a few more times still. Okay. Well, you have a good night. So, had a nice going through all the tournament ships. And most probably I'll be flying the LDR this time around. You know, it's, it looks like a pretty good ship. I, I've flown it somewhat before, but I've always had issues with it. Just me getting too close and the enemy getting too close and me dying. That's usually what happens. So, 
Well, with that, I am Paul Franz, and I bid you a good night. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.